What is up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif. And if you're a first-time listener, this podcast covers lifestyle, manifestation, travel, and entrepreneurship. I would say today's episode falls in the entrepreneurship slash manifestation category because I'm going to be talking about creating from my vision and not my reality. I think it's really important right now to lift the veil and kind of break the fourth wall so you can see how I am creating from my vision and not my reality because my reality is very different than what you might be seeing on social media. And I want to make sure that whatever I do, I'm completely transparent and I have integrity and I want you guys to understand where I'm coming from and the life that I'm leading. Because the last thing I want to do is have people look at my socials or see my work and just think, oh, she's living a totally different lifestyle than me. I would never be able to do that. I'm not like her. That's not true. I think when you hear this story and what my reality is right now, you might have a different perception of um, not only my life, but you can see how you're able to create your own reality with the vision that you have instead of limiting yourself to your current reality. So I wanted to share some updates around the work that I am doing. I held the masterclass last week called From Stuck to Secure as Fuck. It went so well. We had 13 women on. I had people telling me that they manifested promotions 24 hours after the call. I had another girl tell me that she realized her dream life wasn't even that far off and she was confused why she's even been doubting herself. I had another girl say she was meant to be on that call and she already was seeing shifts. She was actually friends with the girl on the call and her friend said the same thing. She's like, I actually see the shifts in my friend. So it went really, really well. I'm so excited about it. If you're wondering what was in it, we basically covered in the beginning what makes up the mindset, your ego, your subconscious, your conscious. And then we moved to exercises to actually help you shift your mindset. I am noticing the more I get into the coaching world and the more I teach about this stuff, there's not really applicable tools. Like there's great lessons, there's great lectures, there's great content, but there's not real tools. And I need in my work to be able to have applicable real tools that people can use. So that was really important to me in the masterclass that people did exercises that they could easily start incorporating into any part of their day and start to see those shifts. So that's what the masterclass also did. And then we ended making digital vision boards, which was super exciting. And then we did some Q&A as well. So don't worry if you missed out. There is a replay available for purchase. It's in my bio in Chelsea Rife on Instagram, my at Chelsea Rife bio. And I'm going to be making a website soon, so all this work will be up there. But for now, if you have any questions about this type of work, let me know by DMing me at Chelsea Rife or at Non-Expert Opinion Pod, or shoot me an email, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com, and I'm happy to send more info. With that being said, I also announced the launch of my course from Chaos to Confidence, and that is launching in mid-August. So we have about a month left until it takes off, actually a little bit less than that. And I'm holding 15 spots. Right now, there's four taken. And if you sign up and pay in full before the course starts, you'll get a one-on-one call with me. So those are valued at $300 plus, and I'm doing these completely free. I just want everyone to see the shifts that you can actually feel when you work on your mindset. I just read a quote, and it was so amazing. It's like, you can go days without water and food. You could even go maybe up to minutes without breathing. But you are always thinking. It's impossible to turn off your thoughts. So why do we put such little emphasis on something that is 
on all the freaking time. It's so crazy to think about that we were never really taught how to deal with our thoughts and how to shift them. More importantly, not only deal with them, but again, understanding how to shift our perspectives. So that is really the goal. And from chaos to confidence is getting you out of this chaotic headspace where you don't know how to manage your day. You feel stuck. You feel insecure. You have a lot of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, getting into a confident space where you are handling your day. You are in charge of your life. You are the designator of everything that you do. You are the creator of your life. And that is what the focus of from chaos to confidence is going to be. So if you did the masterclass, it's essentially on steroids is what the course is. <laughs> so we're going to be getting really deep. There's going to be a group element. So there's going to be a Facebook group with the members only. There's weekly coaching calls. There's going to be workbooks and worksheets, homework, accountability, so that you go through it and you actually feel like you're going to see a shift. It's a six-week course. And like I said, 15 spots open and four have been taken. So again, if you need info, shoot me an email at excuse me, shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife or an email, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. With that, I'm going to give you a quick update on my Australian lifestyle. If you are tuning in for the first time, I moved to Australia about a year ago at this point, and I always do quick updates in the beginning. So I'm going to share where I am right now. I am in Byron Bay. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is the lifestyle that I thought Australia was as a whole country. Everyone is surfing, meditating, doing yoga, swimming, eating healthy, just living in like sandals and flowy clothes and in dreadlocks and tie-dye. It's very 60s. There's like a an air of Woodstock vibes here. And then there's also this weird air of pretentiousness because it's where Chris Hemsworth lives. Apparently Zac Efron is here right now. So it's kind of this like secret getaway for celebrities from America, I feel like as well, because I kind of am calling Byron Bay like the Malibu of Australia because it has that Malibu feel. But then there is this very social element to Byron where it's a lot of backpackers. It's a lot of travelers. People are coming through and they call it the Venus flytrap because everyone just gets stuck here. And my friend told me that when I came here, she's like, get ready. You're probably going to get stuck in Byron Bay and want to stay. I'm like, no, I've been there before. I actually came here on a trip in January for three days. I was like, I've seen it before. It's cute, but I don't think I'm going to stay. And guess what? I'm staying. So I was not planning to move here. I actually left half of my stuff back in Sydney and I am now living in a hostel, which I'm going to get to in a second. Cause I, again, we're talking about my reality and it's just been such a change of pace from Sydney. Sydney does have the whole city element to it. So, you know, you are in Bondi. I was in Bondi where people are backpacking and moving a bit slower and going to the beach and doing coastal walks. And then there is this city element where people have to go into the city and catch a train and go to work. Byron's not like that. There's no trains. There's no subways. There's no, I don't, maybe there's a bus. I think there's a bus. Um, everyone's riding bikes, skating, walking the beach. Very, very laid back. It's kind of like island time, even though we're not on an island. So that's the vibe of Byron Bay. And the people are super friendly. Everyone just is always smiling. I was actually walking the other day and some guy was FaceTiming his friend and he turned the camera around and was like, dude, look, this is Byron. Like everyone's smiling. Everyone's friendly. It's everyone's happy. It's fun. And I was about to just be like, I agree because that's really how it is. So yeah, I got sucked into the Venus flytrap. 
I extended my stay. I don't have any warm clothes and it's winter time in Australia. So I need to go shopping. I brought like two sweaters, left all my cold, warm clothes, excuse me, my warm clothes back in Sydney. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting adjustment, but it's been super fun. I've met amazing people. I'm here with my two friends and it's just a lifestyle that I've always wanted where I'm able to work at cafes and then I can just walk over to the beach and go swimming or go walk or do meditation or something. And it's just crazy to think like, wow, this is really the life I wanted and now it's here and I have to be grateful for it. So that kind of brings me to the day's, today's topic of creating from my vision and not my reality. In order for your vision to be a manifestation, and quick note, manifestation actually just means to bring your thoughts into reality. I feel like that word gets tossed around a lot and people automatically think of magic trick or game show or winning the lottery. And there's not, to me, that's not what it means. It means I see something, I believe it, and then I make it happen. So that's what this podcast is about. But I want to make sure when I talk about it that you understand I'm doing a lot of action and implementing and work to see my thing to see my thoughts come to reality and making these things an actual manifestation, right? That's what it is. I manifested it into reality. So in order to see your vision come to life, you have to start acting like it's already here, acting like it's already yours. I've talked about this on my podcast Instagram, the non-expert opinion pod Instagram. If you act like something is yours, your brain switches into this mode of like, yeah, I already have it. And it moves away from this desperate energy into a place of abundance or neutrality, neutrality, yeah, (laughs) neutrality, where there's this detachment. And I know I just use a lot of different words. So let me explain. Desperate energy would be something like, oh my God, I want that so bad. I need it. I need it. I need it. I like would die to have that. That would be so amazing. Oh man, I need, right? Even just the words need, want, I, I would die without it. That's such desperate energy. If you have that type of energy with anything, with a job, with money, with love, you will never be able to manifest what you want because you are coming from a place of desperation, meaning you kind of take whatever feels like it's right instead of shifting your perspective to a place of abundant energy. So abundant energy is, again, acting as if you already had it. And I feel like this is easier to explain by using examples. So I'm going to use the example of my life. And we're going to talk about my reality too. I wanted to be a mindset manifestation coach. So I had to start acting like I was one already. This kind of goes with the fake it till you make it phenomenon, but I just don't like that term or that phrase. But I could not wait until someone told me I was a mindset coach. I didn't wait until I had 500 clients. I did not wait until I hit $100,000 in course sales, right? I had to act like it was already mine because my brain then switched into this mode of like, yeah, it's yours. So now we can start moving forward on this path because it's yours instead of thinking oh my god it would be so fun I would die to be a manifestation coach oh my god I need I need I need I think I would have just gone about it all the wrong way but because I just like flipped a script and I was like nope I'm a manifestation mindset coach this is what I'm doing it all started flowing to me now it was easier to also embody it believe it when I started writing it out and speaking it 
So when people started asking me what I was doing, which happens often because I'm traveling, you meet people. The first thing a lot of people want to know is what do you do? I say I do mindset coaching. I'm a manifestation coach. I have courses. I have master classes. And the more I said it, the more my brain started to believe it. Then I changed my Instagram bio. Then I changed my email signature. Then I hired a graphic designer. Then I got a videographer. Then I did a photo shoot. So these are all kind of extreme things that I did to be able to embody this role. You don't have to be booking a photographer and a videographer and, you know, get a logo or anything like that. For me, though, that's what made it real because I was thinking from my vision because I started thinking in five years, let's say my business is booming. What would it look like? I would probably have a professional website. I would probably have professional photos. I would probably have a professional logo. And again, this is my experience. I know plenty of coaches who have done things totally differently. I know a girl that doesn't have any branding, any website, nothing. She books all her clients via Instagram, DM, PayPal. Like there's so many ways to do it. For me specifically, it was important to take these specific steps because that's how I wanted my vision to look. If I thought my vision in five years was, yeah, I'm just booking clients left and right on Instagram and I don't really have a website, doesn't matter, then I would have done it that way. But for me, I was like, I know in five years I want all that stuff, so I'm just going to bring it into my reality now. So you have to start speaking it and writing it out. And this is true for love, money, jobs, again, anything. So I know I'm talking specifically about business here, but if you want a partner, you need to start writing out specifically you what you want in that partner and you need to act like they're just around the corner. So that way, if you do meet someone that day and you run into them, you've already visualized what's going to happen. At least you have standards and you've written out what you want. So if you meet that person and they don't match that specific criteria, and I don't mean superficial criteria, okay? I don't mean, oh, they're tall and brunette and they're a doctor. Yeah, you can have all that too. But for me, it's like, no, I, how do I want to feel around my future partner? So that way, when you start meeting people that start aligning with that list that you created, you've already envisioned and embodied what that would feel like, right? Instead of like coming, going back to desperate energy, like, oh my God, I think I met the love of my life today. Ah, like I think it's it. Ah, like freaking out. That's just like not going to work out. And I'm, I'm laughing at myself because I'm like, I've done that where I'm like, I meet a guy and I think he's amazing. And I go head over heels, dive in all in, you know, totally desperate energy, very anxious, attached, you know, moving all my plans around for them. And it never works out because I'm coming from that place of desperate energy. The more I shift into being confidently who I am and owning my standards and saying, yes, if I do this, I expect this. If I want to move forward in a relationship, this is what I want out of a relationship. The more I own that, the more quality people I attract and the more people pop up from my past. I have exes hitting me up right now and I'm like, where is this coming from? And I think it's because I've shifted so much in my personal development that they can see it on Instagram. They can see it online and they're reaching out probably thinking, oh, I wonder what she's up to. Maybe I missed out. And it's like, no, now I'm at a headspace where I don't entertain that anymore. But I had to envision that, right? I had to envision what would a future Chelsea look like that doesn't deal with her exes, that doesn't fuck around with other people that aren't in her, you know, energy field. She would not entertain those people. So that's what I started doing. I stopped entertaining them. Instead of living in my old Chelsea self where, oh, maybe I'll answer. Maybe we'll start talking again. Maybe we can work this out. 
that's not my vision anymore. So that is specifically an example around dating. So again, you can use this for dating, business, anything really. You just have to look at what your vision is, map it out, and then back it out from there. Reverse engineer it. So again, I'm going to use one more example. Um, Let's do a healthy body. If you were someone that was like in the best shape of your life, eating healthy, living healthy, so mindful, what would that look like? Well, I did this and I was like, well, I would probably be buying more produce. I probably would map out my meals a bit more. And I don't mean like full on meal planning. I'm just not that type of person. And I know other people that have succeeded with meal planning. For me, that wasn't going to work. So I just said I would probably buy more produce. Like I know I need to eat more veggies and fruits. So I need to make a grocery list that has more veggies and fruits. What else would I be doing? Um, I probably would work out every day. And it doesn't need to be crazy workouts, but I would incorporate some type of movement. And I also don't need to be doing a full-on workout. I could just be walking on the beach. I would do some type of active uh, activity every day. And I probably would meditate just to have that peace of mind. So what did I start doing? I downloaded a meditation app. I started with three-minute meditations. Then I moved to five. The most I do right now is eight minutes. And I think people, um, there's a misconception that because I'm a yoga instructor and I teach mindset manifestation, that I'm somehow meditating for 40 minutes a day. I meditate half the time I don't even meditate or I do some type of moving meditation where I'm walking the beach and, and really thinking about things and grounding or I'm doing it eight minutes on an app guided by someone. So I am not sitting there on a mat, you know, going for 40 minutes doing some type of mantra meditation. I have learned all those ways. Right now what works for me is those five minute meditations are those five minute meditations. (laughs) So I want to be clear about that, right? So that was my vision to be a healthy person. I would meditate. So let me start small. And then I started going to the grocery store and slowly adding more produce to my cart. Okay. I did not do the extreme thing of like, I'm going to clear my fridge and start brand new. And people are like that. People have extreme personalities that they're like, no, 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 I'm going zero to a hundred and I'm doing this all in. For me, I have noticed personally when I make small baby micro steps, that's when I see shifts. So then when I went to the grocery store, it's like, okay, maybe I'll add a uh, package of grapes now. Now I'll add some avocado. Okay. Maybe I'll try spinach in my pasta. Um, you know what? I've seen some recipes with kale. Maybe I'll buy kale this time. Slowly and surely, I started adding produce where now when I go to my, when I do my groceries, I mostly have produce. And I'm telling you guys, this was not my reality even four months ago. Anyone who knows me from my past knows I love Mexican food. I love chilies. I love Chipotle. I love Chick-fil-A. I grew up in America. We have fast food. We eat out at restaurants all the time. So going to the grocery store and buying a ton of produce was not the move a few months ago for me. Now with those slow steady shifts and envisioning, again, what would a healthy version of myself look like? That's what started happening. It was like slowly but surely I would eat a bit healthier. I'd be meditating. And now I move every day. And I'm telling you all the most amount of exercise that I do is 25 minutes and I either do Melissa Wood Health or my Pilates studio from Sydney. They do online classes now and they're called MIA Studios. So shout out to both those different exercise programs. But whip out my mat, 25, maybe 35 minutes if I'm really feeling it. But the last two weeks I've been doing 15 to 22 minute workouts and they're really effective. Like you can get a lot done in those 15 to 22 minutes. 
But going back to my reality before, four months ago, I would laugh at these workouts. I'd be like, are people serious? You think you could just work out for 15 minutes a day and see change? Yeah, right. You have to be working out 90 minutes. Like I was, I'm going to do another podcast on this soon because it, I've had such a shift with my mind and body this year, but I came from a place of doing 14 workout classes, working out day and night. I had a personal trainer. I did Pilates. I did yoga. I did spin. I mean, I was psychotically active before I moved to Australia. And what was funny is my body like barely changed probably because my hormones were out of control. But once I moved here and I started slowing down, I started walking, I started meditating, I started eating more fruits and veggies, a very, very gradual shift. My body has now changed. My mind has changed. I'm not reactive to certain things. I eat better. I listen to my body. And I'm telling you all, again, I cannot stress this enough. This was not my reality a few months ago. And like I said, even four months ago, I was eating a ham and cheese croissant every morning for breakfast. This is every morning. A ham and cheese croissant and a coffee. At lunch, I would go out to eat and I would get a brownie every single time. I don't know what was going through my mind. I just kind of was like, every day at work, I'm going to get a brownie. Okay. <laughs> then I would go home and cook something or get like a pizza on Uber Eats. That's for real how I was eating just four to five months ago. But the vision I had for myself was so different when it actually all happened really during coronavirus that I had so much time to look inward that I started mapping out these different areas of my life. So again, going back to my original point, this framework of creating from your vision and not your reality is not only applicable to business. You can use this with dating, with health, with a promotion, whatever the case is. It's all about reverse engineering so that you can see the steps that you need to take to get there. And I think it's really important to take steps because overnight successes, the 15 minutes of fame, the going viral, that type of stuff is unsustainable and then you'll never know how to recreate it. So here's an example. If I had overnight success with my masterclass, for example, let's say it blew up. Like, let's say a huge influencer shared it and they're like, I'm doing Chelsea's masterclass. And then 500 people signed up. I would be terrified to run that class. I mean, I knew what I was talking about, but the pressure of having 500 people, I mean, I don't even think that's possible on Zoom, but let's just say it was having 500 people on a Zoom link and then having to follow up with 500 people, 500 people's DMs, 500 people reaching out after, I would not be equipped to handle that. So I'm glad that I'm taking baby micro steps to get where I want because I know how to recreate things now. And I would rather start small and slowly build so that when it gets to that bigger up level that I'm prepared, right? I know exactly how to handle it. So another example would be if... I started out on my first client, paid me $50,000. Yes, I would be fucking stoked, right? I would be like, woo, like don't have to work the rest of the year, basically. Like cool money in the bank, like I'm going to help this client. But I would feel such an immense amount of pressure to deliver from the get-go, right? I wouldn't want my first client to be that big because I would not want to quote unquote mess up with that client. And this could be my own experience, right? Some people might be like, oh no, that would light a fire under my ass and I would deliver and kick ass. I know I would do that too, but it's just the internal pressure. I would not want to feel that internal pressure. And I always like to use visuals and analogies. If you haven't noticed yet, I like to think of it as rehearsals, right? Like I'm doing small rehearsals. I'm doing small auditions, 
so that when the big stage comes, I'm prepared. I know exactly what to do. I know my steps. I know my cues. I know the system. I know the process instead of some viral overnight sensation that I know have no idea how to handle. That's why it's so important to reverse engineer your vision so you know how to get there so that if it does happen again, you know exactly the steps that you took to get there. So that's what I mean by creating from your vision and not your reality. Now, I'm going to take you to my reality because this is really important, okay? We're about to break the fourth wall here. Right now, I am recording this podcast from the bottom bunk of a hostel. I am staying in a hostel in Byron Bay. I was not planning to stay here long, so I was going to stay in the hostel and just go back to Sydney. And I love it, but we have to remember if you don't really plan for something and you don't have the finances ready... You have to just make do with what you have. So I was not planning to basically move to Byron Bay. So right now I'm living in a hostel. I've actually been living in a hostel for probably three or four weeks now, bopping around different hostels. Okay, so I'm in a four-bed dorm right now. I just checked into a new hostel called the Surf House, which is gorgeous, by the way. So if you ever are coming to Byron Bay, go to Surf House. I was just in another hostel called Wake Up, and I was in an eight-bed dorm. And I was with all girls in that dorm, and it was a bit further out of town. Another gorgeous hostel, but it was just too far out for my liking. And before that, I was staying at a friend's couch in Sydney for the four days that I was there. Before that, I was staying in a hostel in Perth for three nights because I was coming from Broome. And before that, I was living in Broome in Western Australia, being an au pair for accommodation. So you can see that I am not living in a mansion. I don't have my own desk space. I don't have a, a huge apartment. I don't have a studio. I am literally in a hostel right now, and it has been this way for a while. So I want to take you back to May, because then I think you can see how this timeline really evolved. In May, I had just... No, no, no. Actually, let's go back to March. In March... I had just quit all my three jobs in Sydney. I was working as a shift manager at a gelato shop. Obviously, that was not part of my vision. I was working as a social media manager for a music agency, which was a fun job, but not really my purpose and not my vision. And I was also doing influencer marketing for a yoga studio, which was essentially the exact job that I had in corporate America working in influencer marketing, which was also not part of my vision. My vision when I moved abroad was to work for myself and I just couldn't figure out what that was yet. So while I was figuring it out, I obviously had to pay bills. So I had to take jobs that I knew how to do to pay rent. So I had three different jobs. That was my reality. And then I had to quit them because I needed to go do my 88 days of work in a rural area to get a second year visa. I've talked about this a ton, but in order to get a second year visa in Australia, you have to do three months of work in a specific zip code And it cannot be in a city. So it's not in Melbourne, not in Byron Bay, not in Sydney. They're in like very remote areas. And you qualify to get your second year visa if you do the work. So I knew I had to get 90 days of work in. And then I wanted to pad a bit of extra time in so that if I missed a day or two or, you know, I went on vacation or something, I would have that extra time. So I flew out to Broome, which is the opposite side of where I was living. So Sydney, think of Sydney as like New York and then Broome is LA. Like that's how far the flight was. So I basically flew cross country to this specific town to start my 88 days to get this second year visa. Literally the next day, everything shuts down from coronavirus. So I was like, okay, well, I just got here. I just spent all my savings to get here. I had to get a flight, a bus, baggage fees, food, 
I mean, I had spent so much money, hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get over this side of the world, uh, the country, because I had to do this work. And I knew I would make the money back because I was working, uh, I was going to be working at a restaurant, waiting tables and um, doing reception and bar work. I was going to be doing a ton of different stuff that I would make a lot of money. So when I had spent that money to get over there, I wasn't worried because I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to start working. It won't even matter. Next day I get in, everything shuts down and I had already decided to be an au pair for accommodation. So I was already limiting my expenses, knowing that I wouldn't have to pay rent because again of being an au pair. However, when everything shut down, I couldn't go to work and I had spent so much money getting over to Broome that I was like, I can't really get back unless I put it on my credit card and I really am trying to stop using my credit card, horrible habit. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm either going to have to stay and make money and wait to see if it opens or fly home or just, you know, have to call it a day and put it on my credit card. So what happened from there is we actually thought there was a chance of stuff reopening because Broome is such a small, isolated town. So I was staying with the owners of the hotel. That's whose kids I was watching. And they were like, Chelsea, it's going to reopen. Like, just stay tuned. It's going to be fine. So I didn't really do anything. I was just kind of sitting there waiting for things to reopen, watching their kids every day. And kids are a handful. If anybody has kids or has ever been a nanny, they are psychotic. They run around all the time. They need to be entertained 24-7. They're picky eaters. They sleep at weird times. Like so many different things going on. So the kids took up a lot of my time and energy that first month that I was out there. So time goes by, time goes by, nothing's happening. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to open anytime soon. Like I think I'm either stuck here or I need to figure out a way to get back to Sydney or I need to go home. So... I was basically, my back was against the wall. And I'm telling you all this so you can see what my reality was. I started thinking of what skills do I have that I could teach online because I'm stuck here, right? I At this point too, there was a lot of restriction around travel. So it was unclear if you could even leave and if you would have to quarantine and if you would get stuck somewhere. So I was like, I don't even really want to risk traveling. So what can I do? Like what skills do I have that I could work online? And I have a lot of different skills because I did my grad school in digital media and storytelling. So I know how to edit audio. I edit my own podcast. I can edit other podcasts. I can create audiograms. I could create social media graphics. I got my yoga certification. I could teach yoga. I learned about meditation there. So I could also teach meditation. So these are just things that were popping up in my mind. Like how can you monetize this because your back is against the wall and you have to make money to either get out of here or basically live. And so I started teaching yoga. I'm thinking out loud here. So yeah, I started teaching yoga online. I started doing online classes on Zoom. And it was nice because everyone was stuck at home. And it was a really nice way to reconnect. So then it would be like little networks of people that I had like, oh, let me get my study abroad friends on. Now let me get all my sorority sisters on. Now let me, get, now let me do a class with my family members. And it was really exciting to reconnect with everybody and catch up. And it kept me busy. It kept me focused. It, I was making money from it. And not a ton of money, by the way, but enough money that I could go get like, groceries for the week. And this was my reality. Like I was just trying to make money to get groceries because I had spent so much money to move. So once I started teaching yoga, I then started incorporating incorporating meditation packages into it. So then I started teaching yoga and meditation and it was it was nice to reconnect, but there was just something in me that was like 
this isn't your life's purpose. Like you like teaching yoga and meditation, but this is not your passion. This is not your purpose. I'm not lit up by it. And I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. I was going back and forth between, between being more in the podcast space of like launching a podcasting course and being a podcast coach and, and really focusing on that. And it wasn't until I had this whole download during meditation where I was like, no, you need to be a mindset manifestation coach. This is exactly what you know. You know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. You've been studying this by my own self for four plus years. I've been working on my mindset for literally every day for that long. I've read so many books, so many podcasts, so many documentaries, like anything you can think of around mindset, I'm always studying. And so it just felt so aligned that I was like, this is what you have to do. So then everything changed. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a mindset manifestation coach. So going back to my earlier point, I had to embody that. So I changed the name of my Facebook group, which is now Reframe Your Mindset to Change Your Life. That's when I changed my bio, my email, etc. So that's the story of how it all came to be. From then, I was like, well, what would what services would I offer as a mindset coach? Okay, what would feel good? Probably teaching people one-on-one, probably doing group courses, and then maybe some lower ticket workshops. So that's what I started creating. Like in my reality, that wasn't what was happening. But in my vision, I was like, that's what I want to do. So then I started, again, reverse engineering. By the way, while all this is happening, I was investing in other people to help me or outsource so that I could work in my zone of genius. And you might be wondering, how the hell did you outsource when you weren't making money? Well, first of all, there was a a period of yoga and meditation where I was making money and enough to pay my graphic designer like half of a deposit. And I knew I could pay that. So then I paid for that with a virtual assistant um, we worked out a deal. It's like 20, $25 an hour. So I was, I did the math. I'm like, okay, I just need to, you know, maybe sign up nine people to my yoga classes and I could pay that off. So I just started reverse engineering. How could I pay to outsource? So that's another funny thing is like in my vision, I was like, I would be outsourcing a ton. So what do I need to do to get there? I need to either sell more yoga classes. I need to have more private clients. I need to have people buying packages, And then I use that money to get groceries and then hire people. So you can start to see how my reality, I didn't have disposable income. I wasn't rolling in cash. I I didn't have like a grant of $10,000. I didn't have investors, but I was making enough where I said, okay, what, what are my priorities right now? Getting this new vision up and running and eating. And remember, I didn't have to pay rent because I was being an au pair. So I, all my bills and stuff were taken care of. So really all I needed was food and to be able to get out of room when I wanted to. So that's what the goal was, was reverse engineering my finances, basically. So that's what I did. I was starting to hire people, and then it started freeing up my time, right? Like if I don't need to worry about creating my own logo and branding and elements, I can have someone else that's an actual professional do that. Well, there we go. That just saved me hours of time, so now I can focus on what I want to do with my coaching business. And if I don't want to create social media for my podcast because it takes me so long, let me outsource that too. So I outsource that. So I have someone that handles my social media for my podcast. I write the captions. She does the graphics. It's a perfect system. But I had to get to that point where I was like, I need to buy my time back. And that was part of my vision, right? In my vision, 
I wouldn't be doing everything. I would have people helping me. I would have freelancers. Eventually, I want to hire people full time, but I'm not there yet. But this was part of my vision, right? If I can manage people now as freelancers, then I'll be fine to manage people when I have the money to handle it full time. So that was, goes all the way back to, again, the vision and reality. What's what's real and what am I seeing that's real that I can bring into my current setup? So while this is all happening, I also want to be super transparent in that I was absolutely burnt out because I was trying to do so much all at once. If I see it happening, I'm like, this is it. So when I had this whole vision of the mindset manifestation coaching and I knew exactly what I wanted to do and the course and you know everything, by the way, I also invested in a coach to help me with this. I think that's a whole other story I'll talk about investing. I've, I've talked about it before, but I think it's important to do a whole podcast on it. But I knew that I needed a shortcut to the outcome that I wanted to have. So I invested in a coach. So while I am trying to build my business, keep up the yoga classes, watch these kids, save money, manage freelancers, uh, do the coursework, like it was a lot. On top of, let's not forget coronavirus, restrictions changing every day, uh, my visa, wondering if I can do the work or not, wondering if I have to extend So it was just a recipe for burnout. So I was staying up until like two or three in the morning, waking up at seven to teach yoga or watch the kids going all day long, learning as much as I could, watching as many videos as I could, listening to as many podcasts as I could, reading books, just like information overload. And it actually got so bad that the kid I was watching one day said that he could see red stuff next to the green in my eyes, which meant that my eyes were so bloodshot that a barely four-year-old could see that what was going on. And I was like, okay, this means I need to kind of slow down and be more serious about where my attention goes. And so that's when the hiring people started coming into play. So While this is all going on, you know, I realize I need to hire people. I kind of sort that out. And then I'm starting to realize that my visa is coming up on expiration. So my visa expires in August. And at this point, it's starting to be like May or June. And I'm starting to realize you need to either get out of broom or go home. And I thought about it long and hard. And I was like, well, if I have to go home at the beginning of August, I would like to spend my last month in Sydney. So I booked a flight home or I I say home. I meant to Sydney, booked my flight to Sydney at the I'm trying to think. What was it? Beginning of July, maybe a little bit before that. And then my friend was like, you know, Bondi is fun, but you were there for so long. And I was like, yeah, why would I go back to Bondi? Like I was there for six or seven months out of the whole year. And then I was in Broome for three months. And then I was traveling for a month. I kind of want to see something else. So that's where the Byron Bay idea came from. Like, let's just go to Byron Bay for the last month. However, I knew in Sydney that I could get a lot done with my personal branding stuff for my mindset and manifestation coaching. So going back to my reality, my reality was that I was moving all over the place. My visa was about to expire. I was living off of whatever money I had made from yoga and meditation. I was kind of scrambling around. I was trying to figure out my next steps. I was living out of my suitcase and my backpack, but I was so determined to make this vision happen that for me at this point, it was like no excuses. Like you find resources, you make it happen and it will work out. That's my mantra these days is like, it will work out. It always does. And so I kept thinking of that. I'm like, it will work out. It always does. So when I got to Sydney, 
I was only there for four days and I was running around. I got my hair done. I got my nails done. I got my makeup done for my photo shoot. I booked a photo shoot. I got a video done. And by the way, I also did a lot of that stuff because I was in lockdown for three months. So I had not seen anything beauty related in literal days. But then I, I booked all that stuff so I could, again, think of my vision. I wanted to do a photo shoot. If I was someone that worked for myself, I would have professional photos that looked really great. And I would hire professional photographers and I would hire people that knew how to do video. So that was important to me. Again, you might be wondering, where is this money coming from? You also have to remember in America, I got a stimulus check and the US dollars convert really well here. It's almost like double. And then I got my tax refund. I'm making money from yoga and meditation. And in Australia, we were allowed to take our retirement money out without penalties or fees. So I did have money to be able to do this. I want to be clear about my money situation because I think it's very important to be transparent. I did not, again, come with $10,000 ready to blow. Did I use my money the smartest way? Maybe not. You know, like right now I am struggling a bit because I've been using all my money on investing back into myself. But at the same time, I know this is all going to pay off. Like I know it. And, and that's what I keep thinking. I know if I didn't have this mindset, if I would have invested in all this stuff and been like, I don't know, I don't know if it's going to work. I wouldn't have made those investments, but I know they are going to work themselves out. And I mean, last night is an example. I checked my email and someone's like, hey, I would love to do your course and pay in full. Let me know what's your PayPal. Let's get going. And I was like, okay, what? And that's what I mean, though. When you're in alignment and you create from your vision and people feel that energy and you know what the fuck you're talking about, people want to work with you. So that's why now I'm not really worried about the money, even though looking from the outside in, some of them might be like, you should be worried about money. Like you spent all this money on a photographer and a videographer and hair and makeup, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I'm like, my vision was, was that if I'm going to have a photographer, I'm going to be having my hair and makeup done. My vision is if I'm going to have a professional business, I'm going to have a professional website. So again, that's important to me for everyone else that might not be the case. You just have to start living like your dream life is already here. So then I also started acting like this by setting my days up like this. So I knew if I'm an entrepreneur that's working by myself, I want to go to cute cafes. I want to be around other people doing the same things. I want to schedule my day how I want to schedule my day. I'm not going to take client calls at 10 p.m. I'm not going to answer emails in two hours just because they got back to me. So I really had to evaluate what would I want my day to look like. And I also had to evaluate what am I really good at and what am I not good at. So this goes back to the outsourcing. But something to think about with outsourcing is sometimes if you have a really a valuable skill, you can do trades. I know a lot of people that have done trades. So it's like, hey, I can coach you if you do my website or I'll give you a nutrition plan if you can do this. Right. Like, you know, so many people in your network, you can do trades. You can find cheaper options on websites like Fiverr. You can just ask people on Facebook, hey, does anyone know about this? There's a lot of people that are in school for all this stuff that can do stuff for free. So yeah, you really don't have to be spending a ton of money. For example, one of the first photo shoots I did in Sydney uh, was actually someone that was like fresh out of college, just building their portfolio. And he was doing it for free. I ended up paying him like 40 bucks. But that's the point, right? You don't have to be spending money on all this stuff. Don't let money be the reason that you're not creating your vision. There are ways to do it. And this is what I'm talking about being resourceful. You have to start looking at ways to get it done, or else you'll always find an excuse. So I want to share some resources too that are all free. Canva, C-A-N-V-A, is a free graphic design resource. It's how I make 
all my graphics. They have cute tiles. They have cute templates. You can update your branding. You can put whatever you want in there. It's free. Zoom is free for up to 40 minutes. So if you're running a workshop or doing anything, you can do it for 40 minutes. After that, it's $15 a month. So for me, I was like, okay, I basically need to sell one yoga class because at that point I was charging people 15 bucks a class to be able to pay off my Zoom membership. Okay, so that's not super expensive. I do my podcasts on a free software, either GarageBand or Audacity. I do them usually on voice memo or I record directly into GarageBand from my headphones. Again, all free. These are things that I had. I also use Facebook and Instagram, which are completely free. I use voice notes to get back to clients. I use voice notes on Instagram, on WhatsApp, on Facebook. That's free. Google is free. Google spreadsheets are free. Google calendar is free. Google documents are free. Google folders are free. Podcasts, podcasts are free. So you can start to see that there's so many free things that you can use that if you're starting to think, oh, well, you know, I would love to be able to do that, but I just don't have the money. That's not true. There are so many resources that you can do. And again, think of trades and bartering that you can do to create your vision and not live by the limits of your reality. Now we're in present day. I am in a hostel in Byron Bay. I have two private yoga clients online and I have to find places around the hostel to teach them. That is not an excuse for me though. I didn't say, oh, sorry, I can't teach you anymore. We're gonna have to end the contract or like, guess I just can't do yoga anymore. No, there's literally spots outside. There's a rooftop bar that's not even open in the morning that I can go to. There's the beach, there's a park, there's a little place behind the, you know, driveway that I can go into. Like, there's no people in my room at the moment. I can use my room. You have to get resourceful and really scrappy. And I think that's something that I, I will say I'm good at. Like, if my back's against the wall, I will find a way to make it happen. And this is true of anything now. So if I need to do a, a client call and I'm in the middle of a hostel, I'm going to find, I'm going to try to find the quietest place to do a call. I'm not just going to say, oh, well, I guess I can't have private clients because I don't have a desk and I don't have a place to do it. Not true. I sold two spots to my course from the top bunk of my bed in my other hostel. I've done coaching calls in the courtyards of my hostels. I've done them while I'm walking on the beach. I've talked to clients. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think where else, just in the main kitchen areas. Like you have to get resourceful. And if you start making excuses for yourself, your brain is going to confirm that. And it's going to say, yep, you can't do it. This is something we actually talked about in the masterclass of confirmation bias. Your brain will look for reasons not to do something if you believe it. So if you believe, oh, well, I don't have money. I don't have a quiet space. I don't have a desk. I don't have a, a nice room. I don't have clients. I'm not qualified. Your brain is going to continue to just prove that thought right. If you can start shifting your brain and saying, no, I can do it. I will find a way. I'm going to have clients. I'm extremely qualified to talk about this. I've done it already. I'm always able to find ways to make things work. Your brain will then start to believe those thoughts, right? It's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. So that's the way that I've been able to build my business while I'm traveling, while I'm definitely not living in a reality that you would think a business owner would be living. But that's because I'm not limited by this. I know this is not my forever situation. I know that this will change. I know and I know, and I know, right? Those are affirmations. I know. <laughs> like, I know it's going to work out. And I, at this point, it's inevitable because I believe it. 
I know it's going to happen because I believe it. That is a type of mindset work that I've had to do though. I did not believe this stuff even six months ago, 12 months ago, I'm last year. If you told me at this point right now, people are paying money for my course, sold out my masterclass, have high ticket paying clients, I would have been like, what are you talking about? But because I've done so much mindset work and shifting into affirmations and believing and embodying, now things are coming to me. Now things are flowing and I'm in alignment, right? I want to go back to my yoga and meditation example. Yes, I am a certified yoga instructor. Yes, I am a great teacher. However, that was something that I knew long term was not going to fulfill me just doing that. So that's not to say I still don't teach. I told you guys, I have private clients. I do corporate workshops. I know that I still want to teach. I just knew I didn't want it to be my full time income. So that's when I had to start living in alignment of like, okay, I know I'm certified in this and I know I'm good at it and I know I can help people, but do I really want to be doing this full time? No. So that's just another income stream. I'm going to talk about money and income streams definitely in another podcast because it's something I'm learning. But to me, I was like, that's just an income stream, but that's not going to be my full time job. Now, if you're limited by time, because I obviously had the luxury of time, right? I didn't have a job to go to. I didn't have expenses to pay when I was being an au pair. I had the luxury of time. Then try to batch everything out. So pick one to two days to do something. Like pick one day to do content creation, one day to set up your finances, one day to evaluate what to outsource, one day to write out a system that you could use. And the more you can dedicate time and batch it, the more you'll get done because you're putting all your focus on that one thing. And then you will see that it will start to manifest itself, right? To me, it's inevitable. If you're doing the work, you're putting the energy there, your attention is going there, you believe it, you see it, it's inevitable that it's going to show up. And you just have to really think that. You can also ask for help. See if your family knows anyone. See if people know anyone on Facebook. I always, if I need something, I'll ask on Instagram. Like, I'll do the little question box of, like, who knows a good makeup uh, artist in Sydney? Who knows a great photographer? Who has a, an amazing designer? Whatever the case is. I'm, again, talking about business, but this is true for pretty much anything. If you need to go on Facebook and ask for recommendations, Facebook groups are the spot to be. I have hired everyone from Facebook groups. That's how people have found me. I am obsessed with Facebook groups. I'm like their number one ambassador. There are things that you can do in there and go on like a group that people are treating services for. Again, just think of ways that you can actually be resourceful. There's a lot of people in, on Facebook that are building their portfolios that need to do things for free to build it. So you need to reach out to them. You just cannot stay limited by your reality and your excuses because again, you'll always find a way to not make it happen. And I want to end on my last point of being grateful. If you stay grateful for every little step of the way, then you will always be ready for the next level. So I was ecstatic, not kidding, ecstatic when I had three clients paying me for my $15 yoga classes. So I think the first week I made $45. I acted as if I had just made six figures. I was, I screenshotted the, or the Venmo payments to my family. I was like, oh my gosh, look, three people signed up. And I was so excited for that that then I was even more ecstatic when five people signed up and then 10 people signed up. And then I had one class that had almost 20 people sign up. And I was so grateful for every step of the way that now, A, I know how to recreate it, right? I know exactly what worked, exactly what didn't if I ever want to do live yoga classes again. But B, I'm so grateful now for not only the low ticket offers, but the high ticket offers. 
I'm grateful for if someone pays $15 for a journal that I'm creating or if they're going to pay me $1,000 plus to work one-on-one. I am grateful for every step of the way and I think that has really served me well in going to the next level because I, I'm very appreciative of everything that I have and if you aren't, I'm just trying to think of it the opposite way. If I was like, cool, three people signed up for my class, like, great, that sucks, like, wish I had 20 people, like, oh, can't believe it. You have to just think about investments of, that people are making with their time and energy. Like, $15 could have been someone's lunch. F- the hour that we worked together, that's an hour of their day that they committed to me. That's what I started thinking of it as, not like, oh, it's just $15. I was like, no, I'm actually... Like they just dedicated a whole hour of time to me and my energy and they took money out of their bank account to dedicate to my practice and my energy. I'm grateful for that. So I think if I would have been ungrateful, then I wouldn't have seen as much success as I am now where people are paying me in full. People are signing up for the classes. People are, things are booking out. I know that's happening because I was so grateful for the $15 three client classes So just stay grateful, stay anchored in gratitude, write your journal, write in your journals, think it, speak it, and just start really believing it. So yeah, I hope that was helpful. I think a really good resource that will help you with this whole concept of creating from your vision and not your reality is Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's written the book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and Becoming Supernatural. He has a whole series on Gaia, G-A-I-A, called Rewired. I have watched three episodes. They're only 20 minutes and I'm mind blown. I have taken notes on it. I have never taken notes on a show, but Gaia is a subscription that you have to pay for, but it's worth it. It's like the spirituality Netflix. And then I also saw him in the documentary Heal. And I really like him because he bases all of his stuff in neuroscience. So he, he layers spirituality and neuroscience together because I know our brains need actual evidence and analytics and stats and, you know, all that stuff. He's a really good proponent of that. He's like, yep, here it is. Here's the neuroscience. Here's exactly what happens. And then he explains it really well. So if you're wondering more about this work, highly recommend his stuff. Check him out. And then if you're interested in the course, you can always DM me at Chelsea Reif or non-expert opinion pod. You can write into hello at in my non-expert opinion.com. You can join the Facebook group, reframe your mindset to change your life. And the replay for the masterclass is available in my bio. So no matter what, hit me up. If you have questions, thoughts, feedback, concerns, let me know. I'm all ears and I'm excited to share more about this journey because I think it's important to stay transparent and let you guys in again behind the the hood of the car, so to speak, so you can understand that I'm not letting my reality affect my vision because it's such a clear vision to me now and I want everyone to get to that same point. That's exactly what I'm focusing on at the course. It's like I'm not special. I don't have crazy backing investments. I don't have, a, you know, luxury items. I'm not living in a beautiful one bed studio, whatever. Okay. I'm living right now in a hostel doing this from my bottom bunk, but I'm still making shit happen. And you can too. Leave a review. If you have found value in this episode, they're super helpful. Let me know what you thought and I will see you all next week.